0: From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. These days, there is a lot of talk about GPT potentially taking over the world. It has not, but the potentiality or prospect of it to some is exciting because it is a whole new world. And yet to others, it is daunting because it is reshaping and shaking and redefining the world we live in and the work that we do. How is ChatGPT, or other artificial intelligence and machine learning, changing the Islamic banking and finance sector? My name is Winda Tan, the managing editor of IFN. And today I speak to Khalid Brijawi, the head of product management of banking and capital markets at Essential Software to get his insights on the matter. Hi Khalid, and thank you so much for joining us today. So, the use of artificial intelligence is actually nothing new in banking and finance. But, you know, with the phenomenal rise of ChatGPT and similar services, the possibilities seem endless. So, my first question to you is how would ChatGPT impact the banking and finance sector?
1: I agree. Uh, the possibilities uh, seem endless for ChatGPT and uh, the similar platforms. Uh, if we look at ChatGPT, uh, it set the new records for the fastest growing consumer application. Uh, since uh, after two months of its launching, it crossed the 100 million thresholds, which is a huge. And currently, its website generates approximately 1.8 billion visitors per month. And all of that is because of its amazing capabilities. So we know that it has a lot of capabilities and a lot of potentials. And if we look at the industries, we can see that uh, many of them are looking at a generative AI in general as platforms, such as the chat GPT, because chat GPT is one of them. They want to see how it works for them. And I believe from my point of view that there is a place for ChatGPT in just every industry because of its amazing capabilities. ChatGPT has the, the potential to have impact everywhere, and when I say everywhere, it's including the banking industry. The banking industry is is an industry that is constantly trying to find ways to stay ahead of competition by offering best customer experience and creating the most operational efficiency for its employees. And to note and uh, many banks have already started implementing uh, generative AI platforms in investment and robotics and, and others. And if we look at uh, the at study that was done by Cornerstone Advisors, we can see that uh, the ratings of the mobile banking applications, when, when the people do, do the rating of the mobile banking application, the rating is much higher for the banks having AI-based digital assistant than for those without AI-based digital assistant, which tells a lot. So such tools can offer intelligence that that can help with customer experience, with automation, customer services, personalization, what else? Uh, Other topics also like uh, uh, security, like fraud and uh, risk management, and we can name um, many, many, many other topics that those tools can help with. Uh, however, this is this is just the beginning. You know, we can notice that it is still in the, in the early stages stages and progressing. And like every new technology, ChatGPT has its pros and cons. Uh, we talked about the potential, about the capabilities, etc. But if we look at at the other side of it, we can see that the banking sector or the banks or financial institutions. They need to look at the cost, the cost of implementation, the cost of integration, the training, deployment, and the ongoing operational cost. This is something that they should take into consideration. And another point is the security. That's another extra effort and another worry for the banks because they must ensure the security and the privacy of the users. And like any technology, ChatGPT has also its limitations. For example, it might not be able to understand the context of specific situation, and that's one of the cases. And sometimes we know in the, in the banking sector, it is frustrating for some people who prefers to speak with a human. It will be frustrating to them to speak with a machine, but that's uh, for, for a few number of people, but that's the case that's today available. And we know that its database has only information until 2021. That's at least as we know it today. So anything new cannot be taken into consideration. And since its main source of data is the internet, and we all know what the internet and how many data and information are available on the internet and what is uh, accurate, what is true, what is fake, etc. So that means that you cannot take everything for granted and to consider it as 100% accurate, which requires the banks and the financial institutions to verify the accuracy of data before they use it or before they build some decision based on those data. But I believe in in the future, as its dataset is refined and expanded, uh, its processing power is increased, and the most important is having more users on that platform, more use cases implemented using that platform, because the more you have use cases, especially in banking, in the banking sector, the more the benefit can be recognized from that platform, it will get better and better with its its really amazing capabilities and potential. Yeah? I think
0: that's really interesting. I mean, you've, of course, um, talked about the tremendous opportunities that ChatGPT or AI machine learning and, you know, big data can offer, and you've also touched. Um, on some of the risks, you know, you talk about cost, security, quality of data, um, what other risks should we be aware of? And really, um, in your opinion, like are financial institutions, especially since, you know, we cover Islamic finance, are Islamic banks and Islamic financial institutions mitigating this risk
1: effectively? Yeah, in, in terms of risk, broadly speaking, uh, we can say that the risk can be operational inefficiencies, uh, security risks in the privacy, the abuse of big data, for example, for organized crime. And we have also the risk of unintentional misuse of data. That's also there. As we all know that the use of those technologies is based on customer data and this customer data is held by the bank or the financial institution and this itself creates the risk so the bank or financial institution may breach privacy laws using this data Uh, incidents can happen so that breach can 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 happen to best control this risk they should ensure that prospects of customer data or the use of customer data is disclosed in contractual agreements with every customer. This should be transparent. Every customer should know about it. And the customer must grant access, must provide his consent for using his data. And he should have greater control over the use of his personal data. And here also the, the regulators can ensure governance and the protection of data by applying some laws like uh, such as the uh, uh, data right law that is applied in Australia, I believe since 2020. And um, when talking about the use of automated services, and we know, they use AI in automated services. And for that, the banks need to ensure that the AI is seamless, it should be seamless, and it should be based on technology that actually works effectively. And those systems and the algorithm that they are based on, if they are primitive, if they are insufficient to respond to the breadth of the issues that customers are raising, it maximizes inefficiencies for customers. And this creates a level of frustration that may cause um, a longer-term reputational impact. And we know reputational impact may have an impact on the customer's trust, and it may lead to losing customers and hence declining in revenue. This technology can play an important role in the initial screening and information gathering process, but I believe it cannot replace totally the role of a human. So operationally, uh, some role can be there because making final decision in many cases, and for example, in the financing uh, uh, sector like the final credit approval, Most importantly, there should be uh, uh, those customer decisions and AI decision-making. There should be like uh, uh, a monitoring process for compliance. And uh, the last one, which is very, very critical, is to have in place adequate security controls to reduce the threat of a cyber attack. And we all know what is cyber attack and how uh, banks or financial institutions are uh, exposed to the internet, are exposed to, to 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 the people, to the networks, and how uh, uh, the cyber attacks happen. So this is this is very critical to have something to mitigate this risk of of security and uh, exposing data to 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 hackers or to others. In terms of mitigation, uh, we can see today that many financial institutions are really mitigating some of the risks efficiently. They have transparent and clear contracts. They apply regulatory requirements such as data privacy, uh, security controls. However, it's not the case in many countries. you can see in in some of the countries there are regulations, it is followed. uh, It is imposed, it is enforced, but we can see in other countries that regulations are not followed. Or not existed at all. In some countries, there are no regulations for, for 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 that. So finally, I believe it is important for for the banks and financial institutions uh, to develop to develop. Uh, I call it self-regulatory standards to follow, and to apply some uh, mitigation actions such as uh, establishing data security and governance plan. They, they can frequently audit data security, privacy, compliance. And they can use independent third party to review from time to time as and when needed. And uh, to verify the sources and the quality of the data they are dealing with, because the quality of the data is very important because based on that, they are making decisions and they are building strategies. That's it on, the, on this point
0: you mentioned self-regulatory standards and i think that's very interesting and actually it it segues way into my next question really um could you perhaps walk us through the regulatory landscape for ai and big data i mean you talked that you know some countries have regulations some don't and there really isn't a uniform state or federal or international law that governs big data nor ai i wonder if is this an issue or do we actually need it and really, how are Islamic financial institutions complying with state regulations?
1: Yeah, this is this is very important, and uh, yeah, there is no international law or uniform state, and yes, it is actually an issue. It's a, it's a big issue. However, it is it is important to notice that uh, governments are now moving to develop specific regulations and. Uh, to establish dedicated regulators to just control data and security risk, which is very important from a governance and liability perspective. If we look, for example, at the European uh, uh, Banking Federation, two years back, they recommended that the use of AI for screening purposes should minimize reference to data and the, the assumptions derived from that data. Uh, such as the gender, the age, ethnicity, religion. So uh, they also recommended that this data should be taken from a wide pool of different sources, just to reduce the the the, the prospect of bias. And as I mentioned previously, data right law is very important as the one applied in Australia, and it should be there in, in many other countries. But again financial institutions and banks, as they continue to adapt and to evolve in their use of these technologies, they have, and I believe they will by themselves develop uh, self-regulatory standards, and that will be a sign of trust, sign of accountability, uh, responsibility to the public. And on the other hand, the customers, the individuals They should be educated. They should learn about data laws. They should learn about the the data rights, the privacy. Uh, If someone is dealing with a bank, uh, he needs to ask about the internal regulatory standards and make sure that his data is protected and not used without his consent. This is really important because many of us do not know how the banks or the financial institution is using our data. So, if there is a regulation in a country, if there is any internal regulatory standards in, in a bank or a financial institution, it's also really important for the customer to understand his right and and the laws, the, the 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 regulatory standards that the bank is using, and he should make sure that he accepts using of his data and to know how his personal data is, is used by this bank or financial institution. When looking at Islamic finance, Islamic finance in nature is ethical, is transparent, is uh, sustainable, fair, and you can say a lot of Islamic finance. That That's in nature. And the Islamic financial institutions and the banks, they have their sharia controls and the principles. And they used to comply with local and international regulations with only one condition, that it doesn't contradict with the Sharia principles and controls. That's their main condition, that anything, any regulation, anything that they, they have to follow, it shouldn't contradict with the Sharia principles and controls. And recently, we have seen regulators play a crucial role in promoting the growth of digital Islamic finance services They set clear guidelines and standards for the industry, like what happened in Saudi Arabia. And this includes providing supportive regulatory environment that encourages innovation and investment in the sector. And the important thing is they ensure that the services are secure, are transparent, and again compliant with the Sharia uh, principle. As a conclusion, Islamic finance, Islamic financial institutions and banks are governed by Sharia principles, yes, and regulations. However, the Islamic Sharia also is there in specific countries, but not exist in many other countries. And what is applied in terms of regulations, risks, the use of those technologies for conventional banks is also applied to the Islamic banks and financial institutions.
0: So you covered quite a bit on or you touched upon um, security quite a bit so of course as technology advances uh, so do cyber security threats you know as we've seen even major or large financial institutions suffering the impact of data breaches cyber frauds etc etc so how are tech providers evolving to keep up or quote-unquote outsmart cyber criminals
1: yeah, actually, this is this is uh, uh, one of the one of the top risks, and uh, it is always a top priority for any CI uh, because such such incidents may reflect bad on the bank or the financial institution, and may result in losing customer trust, intense losing the customers, intense declining in revenue, affecting the business of of the banks or the financial institution we can see that uh, um, most tech providers apply very good security standards so they have their security standards their checkpoints uh, a list of points that they apply in anything that they build and they do a lot of testing to detect vulnerabilities security issues Uh, but this is this is not enough from from their side because at the end the most Important is is the customer environment, the environment that is used by by the bank, by 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 the users, and this is the most important because it's not only about the applications used. It is the whole environment, the network, uh, the people, all the stakeholders involved in in, in this. Uh, for banks, I believe for the, to, to to prevail in that if I call it battle against cyber crime. I believe they must understand first how they are being attacked. And their security teams, they they have to accept that their networks will be under constant attack. By understanding how different types of cyber attacks work, they can put in place medication controls and the strategy to uh, minimize the the number of attacks and to minimize the damage. Vulnerabilities, if if you look at it, they can either be human or technology. It's, it's one of these two. It's something in the technology or a human error. And uh, according to IBM cybersecurity index report, 95 percent, 95 percent of the breaches are caused by human error. So that's that's a very, very, very high percentage that breaches 95 of them are caused by human errors and this should be addressed many of the tech providers banks are addressing this and they are uh, providing trainings awareness sessions but as the attack techniques are constantly evolving those awareness and the training need to be constantly updated and one of the of the techniques is, is the simulation the simulation of a cyber attack can help companies assess the level of awareness among their employees uh, companies are also creating an an, an in-depth defense strategy uh, they regularly test the vulnerabilities penetration tests for all the deployed applications that are exposed to the internet and when it's exposed to the internet that means there is a risk to for breach for exposing data, including personal data, customer accounts, finances, etc. In addition to that, end-to-end encryption throughout their networks to not allow extracting valuable data. If if the first level of or the first layer of defense is breached, then the data or the information is is encrypted, so no one can be using this or benefit from 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 this data. Uh, I believe they they need also to be to be proactive they need to monitor the the entire environment for any sign of suspicious or uh, inappropriate activity in order to detect any cyber attack as as early as possible and uh, uh, of course there should be uh, what we call uh, a, a response plan if an attack is detected, so if something happened there should be should be a response plan for that but uh, uh, finally the 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 more we use technology, the more we expose data and services to third parties to the internet, the more the security risk and cyber attack are higher, and the more we need to have more controls, more monitoring from tech providers, the applications, the security uh, controls they use, uh, how they they make sure that it is uh, secured, uh, encrypted. So the more we use the technology, the more we need to take care of, of the security and, and cyber attacks.
0: All right. One final question um Khalid before we wrap up is essential working on any new projects particularly on the islamic banking front
1: yeah actually when when we when we talk out about islamic banking uh, just as 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 an idea an idea islamic banking has no difference than conventional banking from technology perspective as long as the products the offering the the workflows, the contracts are compliant with, with the Sharia. At the end, we use uh, technology to resolve an issue, to enhance experience, speed of execution, automation, etc. And doesn't have anything with the Sharia principles, of course. But uh, same as any industry or segment, there are too many opportunities in Islamic finance to use those technologies. Too many opportunities. But it, it depends on the on the use cases. And it's really important that anyone who wants to use those technologies needs to look at the use case. If there is really an important use case, a good use case, then it's the right technology to go for. And we have already seen many use cases implemented in live in the Middle East and Southeast Asia in many of the at uh, many of the Islamic banks or, or the financial institution. We at as we we use technology to to provide best products and solutions to our customers. And yes, we have many projects and initiatives to, to cater for specific use cases in and AI and, and machine learning. Uh, to name a few anti-money laundering, financial crime, anti fraud uh, Log in fraud detection, best offers, best financing offers, personalized financial advice and recommendations to customers, and there are other use cases that are still in in early stages, but with the objective to improve customer experience, adding more automation and innovation to the to the to the process. So we we are at it. Uh, we always try to make benefit of the uh, technologies, emerging technologies, latest technologies, but as uh, we do it, we don't just go for that and just implement any technology, we look for a good use cases that can uh, bring value to our customers.
0: Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.